Well, hi there, and welcome to Align with Lina. I am just so excited that I get to introduce you to a absolutely remarkable woman. This is a friend of mine uh, and a relatively recent friend of mine who I met on my trip to Ecuador. So Rashawn Renee is a re remarkable, remarkable woman with an incredible story that I know is going to inspire you. And Align with Lina is about bringing to you ordinary people just like me, just like you, who have gone through an extraordinary uh, shift in their lives. They've gone through an incredible transformation. And then, of course, once we transform, we want to share that with others. And Renee has made it a mission to share what she have discovered with others. Not only has she written a book, but she's a life coach. She's a teacher. She is a powerhouse. So please join me in welcoming my precious friend, Rashawn Renee. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lina the Magnificent. I'm happy <laughs> to be here. <laughs> well, let's just start with letting people know how you and I met because we met in Ecuador. You and I both went on this incredible adventure. We answered the call. We said yes to the Awakening Giants adventure, a um, a reality TV show about spiritual people, teachers who are coming into their own and we're sharing our own stories of transformation tell us a little bit about ecuador and how we met oh so i want to say that it was delicious meeting you in ecuador or i wouldn't <laughs> be here today right and uh that journey was something else for me i don't know if you recall but when i arrived i arrived and my luggage didn't so for days no clothing, no anything. And in that moment, you and the other women that were there were so lovingly offering me whatever I needed to make sure that I was comfortable having nothing, no clothes, no toothbrush, nothing. That was the beginning of our time together. An offer, yeah. an offer. And you were so gracious and you made the best of it. And, you know, it, it is it, it was just a testament to who you are. And from the get go, from hearing that story and watching you um, deal with that, respond to the situation, I knew there there's a real woman who's not focused on the external. She is all about what's inside. And well, that started our love affair, girl. Well, one of the things I'd love to start these conversations with is, is asking our guests, what was it that began to shift your life? Um, do you remember, do you recall how old you were, what was going on when you began to realize that there was more to life than what you have been taught there was? Thank you. Great question. So, for me, I always had an inkling that there was more. I, I kind of knew, uh, so let me start by saying, I was raised in a Catholic environment. So I was raised with prayer and I was raised to go to other people, priests, nuns, as my source for information and spiritual guidance. Mm -hmm. Yet I always had an inkling that there was something beyond that. Didn't know what it was, or how to tap into it, but I had the inkling. And based on my conditioning, which I write about in 44 hours and 21 minutes of woman's truth and power, I 
really wanted to have a relationship. I didn't know how to articulate it at the time. Uh, that's something that kept calling me. And before I knew it, I found myself in a not good relationship in a jail cell. And I knew life had to be different than mm. what I was living. How old were you when that happened? Uh, I was a grown woman when that happened, but the first shift of awareness happened probably I'm going to say the first shift of awareness really happened, but I didn't listen to it when I was 27, 28, but I didn't listen. <laughs> I had plenty opportunities and I didn't listen either. <laughs> My first one, I was a grown woman. It was 41. That, that's when the, the totally things uh, changed for me when, when my mother died. And I had to go on this journey to discover who the hell am I? Like you, I grew up Catholic and her death activated all my Catholic fears about this punishing God that I had no relationship with. I had an affinity for Jesus, but I had no relationship with God. And now watching my mom pass away and my dad had already died a year earlier. So I, I was faced with my mortality and that was what shifted me. So tell me, how did you end up in a jail cell? Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let me say to anyone that's listening or man, when that voice is talking that we try to walk away from, I ask you to just open and embrace it. <laughs> not walk away. You can align it with yourself, please. So I uh, found myself in this relationship with a highly successful, influential person. And I was living the life that people say they want to live, meaning nice house, nice cars in the driveway, do traveling, shopping, all of that. And with that relationship came the parameter of I completely control you, says man. So, which means I get to control where you go, how you go, who you're with. And although his words initially didn't say that, all of the actions showed that. So I decided that it was time for me to go. And this is when, oh my gosh, spirit really started. Big time, big time, big time, big time. The first day that I the first date I went out with him on, Spirit told me, turn around, leave. Did not. Fast forward, I find myself and he living together. He was the first man I ever lived with. Uh, before we moved in together, and so many times before, Spirit said, leave, or don't go, or don't proceed, or stop. I never did any of that. So finally, the relationship gets to a point where it's become violent, where the languaging that he uses towards me on a daily basis is crushing language, just diminishing my everything. But while he was trying to diminish me, my relationship with God really developed. And I start listening. Mm -hmm. And in that listening, I knew that I had to go. 
So I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I told him that I was leaving him and that this wasn't going to work. And I thought I was doing the responsible thing. So I wrote out all of the checks because I paid all the bills in our relationship. I wrote out all the checks and I did what I would normally do. All the credit cards and everything were in his name. I completely acquiesced my pocket. And so um, one morning, I'm going to make this short because I find myself right now telling the whole story. But one morning, the morning I decide to leave, there's an argument. And I know at that time, I, and he tells me I can't leave. Him. <laughs> and I am really afraid that I cannot leave. Him. And it passed. And then I am committed. It's a heavy rainstorm. I leave. He's upset by my departure. He has a lot of influence. I'm arrested. I'm arrested for credit card theft, identity, all the checks I had written to pay the bill, the credit cards I had used to get my ticket to come back to my home state, all of that. And that's how I found myself because I was escaping a relationship. Isn't that amazing? Um, here, you know, it's such a typical uh, place that so many women find themselves in. Not all of them escalate into violence. Not all of them turn out to be so uh, jarring. Some turn out to be worse. Some turn out to be significantly worse than that. But there is a common theme because I experience uh, the similar control, financial control by my former husband. And it's because we really don't, don't know who we are. We get lost in what somebody else is selling us. And that is such a beautiful, powerful lesson. And how many times do we have to hear it before we pay attention to this? But I, I, I know you're helping women avoid having to get to that point and then helping women who are there make a decision uh, that hopefully doesn't land them in jail like you ended up in. But tell me, what was going on in your mind while you're sitting in that jail cell and here you think you're doing something to protect yourself and what ends up happening is you're in the jail cell. So share that. Hey, Olga, thanks for joining us. Well, I have to say that what I know for certain is that that's where I exactly needed to be. So for me, I don't look at that uh, as anything detrimental or bad. I look at it as, thank you, God, that that's the shakeup that I needed to pay attention to my life and get really serious and understand that. And so when I am in 44 hours and 21 minutes, I clearly write that it is our responsibility to get to know ourselves because we are all products of our conditioning, our systemic conditioning from our family and from society. So almost every woman is taught, you know, you grow up, you have a good, you find a husband, you marry him, you guys take care of each other. And the way I was raised is you don't speak ill of a man, particularly your partner, and men are the leaders in the relationship. And even if you work outside the home, 
they're the guide of the relationship. Well, that's not accurate, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, but yeah, we are conditioned to, I, I grew up that way too. I grew up in a Latin country and that's what we were taught. You know, you are a woman and you, at, at some level, even though we were taught to be independent women, there's still that, that, that mass consciousness, that this belief system, we've created this archetype of the submissive wife, yeah. um, the submissive woman. So anyways, keep, keep sharing your story because that is, that is so powerful. You, you, your gratitude for being in jail is the sign of somebody who has really taken what has happened to them as a, an opportunity to grow and expand and now share because nobody is grateful for their adversity until they see the gifts that it comes bearing. So you, you have unwrapped that package. So <laughs> yeah. keep sharing. Yes, I have in the book, I say that every experience we have, we have to use it as part of our life curriculum so that we can really reveal who we are. And I mean, wholly reveal. So nothing in your life, my life, anyone listening, there's not one experience that doesn't contribute to the totality of the beauty that they are. So we get to let it uplift us. We get to let it help us reveal ourselves and we get to let it help us release all those things that no longer serve us. So I had to release the systemic conditioning that I was not significant unless I was in relationship. I wasn't powerful unless I had a man by my side or while in relationship, I needed to acquiesce in any way to the needs of him and diminishment of me. So there was a lot of teaching. And even with the men that I have the beautiful opportunity of communicating with, so many of them tell me that reading 44 hours and 21 minutes of women's truth and power has helped them understand their conditioning and the secrets mm -hmm. that they're keeping or the ways that they've been taught to be in the world. And it isn't in alignment with who they are, but they think that they have to be these people. So we, and when I say we, I mean the collective we, as women, really absolutely have to realize that we are the prize, that we really, no matter what has happened in our life, no matter what our systemic and familial societal conditioning has placated upon us, that we get to excavate that and really examine it. And if we're not in alignment with creating a life of the light, then we get to let that go. Like I so wonderfully have watched you. I know your story a bit of it and how you have tra not transformed, revealed your life to the magnificence that it is coming under the mental oppression, systemic conditioning that you were, it's a testimony that we all have that in us. It's a testimony that I can look at my life, be in that relationship, hold no ill will towards that man at this point. It took some time to get there, let me say. Yeah. <laughs> and, and realize that that's what I needed to wake up. Because at the top of this conversation, I said, 
I had always known that there was something. I was always hearing something. Sometime I do what I heard, but most of the time not. I mm -hmm. did what I was conditioned to do. I did what society or my family told me to do. And yeah. once I let that go, I have now created a life of delight for myself. Absolutely. And you know, you were talking about men reading your book and the conditioning is all of us have received conditioning and there are there are layers of conditioning there's the the roles male female roles of conditioning there's a the religious conditioning the cultural conditioning the ethnic conditioning the it's so different conditionings that we have to work through the education conditioning are you educated or not all of these things play a role in in this idea that we form about who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to be, to have, to become somebody, to, to be okay, to be safe, to be loved, to be cared for. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a lot of what you're talking about, but I want you, if you don't mind, be specific about some of the processes that you had to go through to shift your mind, because I've been at this for 17, 18 years, coaching now for 13, 14. And I have had clients that have been working with me, some for nine years. It's not because they're slow learners. It's not because they're not capable of doing this. It's because it takes a long time to shift your thinking. Yeah. So share more specifically, what are some of the things that you have to do um, that you experienced that helped you begin to change your conditioning? So I'm going to start from the top then. Yeah, because it's so important. And for whoever is listening, uh, please know that it is not an overnight or it happens in a year or two and it is continual, right? So I'm gonna say I was recently with someone who grew up in absolute poverty, um, had experiences that were extremely difficult has become incredibly financial success, successful, has become incredibly financial, has become incredibly successfully financial. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All of this stuff just world in my brain and has a beautiful relationship. And yet he is every day still plagued by not being good enough because of everything he experienced in the conditioning of his childhood. So the exercise I have given him is the exercise I'm going to share now. It's so important to remember, first of all, as I shared with him, you can't look at anything that's happened in your life as something negative and to just cast it away, no matter how bad it is. Go through your life and everything that you consider to be bad, meaning anywhere that you hold shame, anywhere, anywhere that you feel like you're not good, anything that's telling you you don't matter, write that down. And then write down what you have learned from that experience. Now that's gonna take a lot of time. And it, for me, it was a very painful process. And so many times I wanted to look away because there had things I had done in my life that I thought were so bad 
that I didn't even want to admit them to myself. And so once you do that, that's the first step. It, It liberates your heart. It liberates your soul. And it frees your mind to let you know that you are not a bad person because you have taken every area. And here's like something specific that I would say. So when I was 20, like 22 years old, I wrote a check. And the check I wrote, I should not have written that check. And I held so much shame about it. It made me think I was the worst person on the that I would write a check, that although I had an authorization to sign, that I was just so bad. Like, how could I do that? In Mm -hmm. essence, I was stealing money from someone. Like, that's not who I am. And because that's not who I am, I held so much shame about it. So when I looked at that, I said, really, that is not who you are. But that is an action that you took. So what did you learn? What did you learn with Sean Renee? about yourself doing that. I learned that that's not who I am. I learned that I made a I did something to survive. I didn't know how to use my language to ask for what I want. I learned that I have value and I can ask for whatever I need. I learned that I don't want to make choices that make me feel ashamed of others. I learned, see, and so that's the first step. So for anyone listening, take some loving time with yourself. And because it's such a big project to do. It is. Do it. Give yourself a week. Because if you give yourself too long, then you won't go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so set some time aside for yourself. I say 21 minutes. When I'm coaching, I do things in 44-minute increments and 21 minute because of the title of the book, 44 hours and 21 minutes. So give yourself 21 minutes for seven days and write down any place that you feel ashamed, that you feel bad, that you feel judged, that you've judged yourself and then write what you've learned. And if you can go longer than 21 days, do it. And then on that seventh day, Reread, read everything that you've written. Go somewhere quietly. And if that means even going into your closet, like at one point I had to just go sit in my closet because there was no place else that I could have peace, go in your closet, read it open, and give gratitude for every experience and watch it. And, and, and Lina, and please tell them to contact you or contact me because whoever does this, Immediately, when you get to that seventh day after doing this exercise, there is an energetic shift in you. There is a lightness of heart. There is a freedom of mind. And it feels like your head raises, your shoulders go back. It's, it's, it really is a miracle. It is. It is a miracle. Um, you know, my work is all about helping people understand that inside of us, we have two voices. We have this voice that is a conditioned voice, the ego voice, conditioned to believe that we're not good enough, that we can't speak, that we can't ask, that we, we're not worthy 
all of those crazy things. And to sit down, as you have just said, hey, Celsi, glad that you're joining us, to sit down and take an inventory of our shame, of our past hurt, of those things that we hold as secrets. God knows I had tons of them. You know, I had sex when I wasn't supposed to have sex. I had, you know, my grandmother turning in her grave, me having sex out of wedlock. Um, I had an abortion. You know, I had, I did things that I wasn't supposed to do. I smoked. I had sex on the steps of a church, for God's sakes. <laughs> I did all kinds of things. I stole from a store. I mean, I, I did lots of shameful things. And when I did something similar to, you know, it, it's always the same process. We've got to go inside and make peace with the parts of us that have, um, that carries the heaviness, the density, the shame, this darkness, this, the stuff that is not true about us. Exactly. But it comes from the conditioning. And when we are conditioned to believe uh, things that are not true about ourselves, we, we, we do whatever we can to survive. Um, so here you're giving us a great exercise and encouraging, so, so encourage you um, it, wherever, whenever you're watching this to take the time to do those seven days, spend those 21 minutes a day taking that inventory because that's one of the, the greatest things about the 12 step program for um, AA it is to take an inventory. We have to become familiar with what we're carrying because most of us are just running away from the load. And we got to face it. We got to come and face it. So, so you did your inventory. Yes. And what were the things that you began to realize when you saw that you're not this unworthy person? You're not this, uh, you know, person who wrote a check and you shouldn't have. What did you begin to discover that you actually were? I am the prize. <laughs> I am magnificent. I am splendid. I am a divine co-creation with God. I am cosmic emergence. I am a woman to be cherished, admired, adored, respected, appreciated. Do you hear how I just said that? There was no way prior to me doing the excavation work that I that any of that could have ever come out of my mouth because I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so recently I was speaking to um a group of women, I want to say two things that it just delighted my heart so much. I'm speaking to a group of women and on one side of the room were uh, women that were there because they wanted to be there, women and men. On the other side of the room, there were people that had been uh, ordered by the court to be there. And so this lovely woman who had read my book, she asked, can you come to my class and speak? I think it will be so beneficial. And I was like, absolutely, I'm there. So in her class, there's a woman there who all of her life had been told to keep her head down, Just keep your head down. So she said, I have a profession that I keep my head down. What's the profession? She's a prostitute or was a prostitute. And when I tell you physically beautiful, uh, articulate. And had she not said that, I would have had no clue of that at all. So we continue our conversation. We do an exercise. And she says, when we finish, she said two things. First, she said, when she had her son, she knew she wanted to have a baby. 
we did part of the excavation process that I just given. When we finished that, she said, I realized I don't have to hold my head down for anything. That was <laughs> class, one session, one. So when you're ready, when you're ready to let it in, it happens. It so, so happens. I want to say that. And the second thing I was going to say completely has gone out of my head. <laughs> but to piggyback on what you just said, it, it really is amazing how giving ourselves permission to question these voices in our head, question this conditioning that we have and begin to, to be open to the possibility that we could be more than just that label. We could be more than just that experience. We could be more than just that opinion that somebody has of us. It's so transformative, but we have to be ready to hear that. As you said, if you, know, you had to land in jail to, to sit quiet and listen, um, I had to go through my divorces. I had to go through my mom dying. I had to go through whatever I had to go through to be brought to my knees where I finally had to say, okay, God, there's got to be another way because clearly my way is not working. And to be able to, to come to the place that, that we're willing to recognize that we can't do it by ourselves anymore is a very uncomfortable place because it is the recognition that maybe we've been wrong. Maybe we've been wrong. And for me, that was devastating because I prided myself in knowing everything. I mean, I was a total know-it-all. I knew what was best, not only for me, but for everybody else. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself um, having to face yourself as a know-it-all and having to change your mind? How did you deal with that? That is what was the most difficult part. I And I have to say that when I am coaching, I find that that's the most difficult part for everyone because we all think that we know everything and we all think that we are absolutely correct. And the truth is, and this is how I resolve it or have given my whole life to it now. I recognize that I am breathing right now with no effort of anything that I'm doing. I realize that my heart is beating. I have eyesight. I'm able, there are functions going on that I'm not even aware of that are happening so that I can communicate with you at this moment. And that is what created me. So if that which created me is talking to me, how dare I not listen and take action? <laughs> and so with that comes this understanding of real trust of self. Because what I have found is that the illusion of knowing it all is really lack of trust of self. And so for me, I had to, and during the exercise that I shared, do, doing that, learning to make self-honoring choices has taught me how to honor that which created me. And that's the voice that's speaking to me. And so my life went from this illusion, and the illusion is listening to the, the familial conditioning, the societal conditioning, allowing the labels, because I never understood labels of any sort. I've never, and I don't abide by any label. As even as I am communicating with you now, no labels do I wear. 
myself, I will say in communication with another, I understand that you are addressing me that way based upon the label you have just given. However, for communication's sake, I will respond in this way, but know that I don't adhere to that label because the only label I'm choosing to wear at this moment is that of a creation of God. That's the label. And so I am a human being created by God. <laughs> All right, you took us there. So, so <laughs> we're just gonna maybe stay there for the rest of our conversation because, you know, at the end of the day, this journey, if you go far enough through the journey of transformation, we all end up in the same place. Right. And we all come to the realization that we are expressions of, of the one source. Mm -hmm. that got conditioned however we got conditioned because isn't that what Jesus came to teach 2,000 years ago? Mm -hmm. That we're all, we and the Father are one. Father, Mother, God, whatever you want to call it. I used to call it, you know, at first called it God because that's what I was trained, you know, conditioned to call it. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted nothing to do with another father because my father <laughs> my family when I was 10 years old. So the last thing is I want to have a, a, a loving relationship with with this mean-spirited father with a big white beard, you know, up on, the, on a cloud somewhere. So I had to reject all of those ideas that I had about God. And, you know, I, I would call it goddess, and then I would call it creator, and I called it spirit and all kinds of things. And I came to realize that this journey of peeling back the layers was really peeling back the layers of separation between that and myself. Um, and when I call it myself, it, you know, it seems like it's a separate self, but I came to realize that there is no separation. And it doesn't matter what I call it. It doesn't care what it is called, but if, but if there is a label for it that makes sense to me, it is nothing more than the energy of love. It is pure love, in, intelligent love that creates these bodies that you were talking about that do what they do without us thinking about it. Exactly. So exactly. you you grew up Catholic. You've got your Catholic upbringing. I've got my Catholic upbringing. Share what was your process like? What did you experience as you were returning to God as you were coming back to listen to that voice that you um, were so good at avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I want to say that when I would listen to it, 100% things would be in alignment. <laughs> but I, like you, Lina, I didn't have the understanding of being able to trust uh, a man, a person, people. So I didn't trust myself. So how could I trust this all-knowing creator? How could I do that? So to answer your question, it was quite a journey. It was, it and it was a difficult one. It's like, I will liken it to, you know, going to the gym. Like I'd go to, I'll go to the gym a couple of days and feel really good about it. And then that fourth, fifth day, I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> and that's how the relationship was to develop with that which I call God or love or spirit or divine or universe. Um, it took a lot to develop this intimate love affair. 
Roughly how many years did it take you? Um, so all my life. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to be accurate because I don't want anyone to think that it's like uh, you could do this in a week or a month. Yes. So consciously, when you knew you wanted to develop that, for me, it took me about five years yes, to definitely. prepare my mind to begin to receive then an experience, an encounter that I had with God. And that's been 12 years. And it's still 12 years later. Mm -hmm. So five years to prepare. Then I have this encounter in 12 years since of letting all of that unfold. I'm growing into what was revealed to me that will take the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that because nothing is more delicious than, than continuing to expand into what I am. Yeah. Um, what God is uh, with me, through me, as me. So when, when did you start to develop it earnestly? I was 41. I began that earnest relationship. Mm -hmm. So I actually began the relationship probably two decades ago, but I wasn't okay to the relationship i was just in the relationship and yeah. there's a big difference it's a big difference and, and then probably about a decade ago i recommitted to the relationship yeah. and about seven years ago i knew that my life was the relationship and i'm and i'm and now i'm at another art where the relationship and I are one. So it is an evolution. And so the reason I, I, I think it's so important for everyone to understand that their journey is their journey. So not to put any time frame on it ever, just to wake up every morning and be committed that I am a make self-honoring choices. That's who I am. And then let the God, let the God that created you navigate your steps through that day. And when you hear a response, this is a, a woman the other day shared with me that she's aware that her husband is having a, a relationship outside of their marriage. And she's devastated. Well, the first thing after I offered everything that I offered in terms of verbal support and emotional support, I said, we're going to go and meet this woman. And we're going to go and meet her, not to make her wrong, but to have a communication with her that, first of all, to make her understand that she is better than having someone else's husband as her partner. She is better than whatever her conditioning is that makes her think that that's okay. I said, and we're not gonna go there to judge her. We're going there to uplift her so she can recognize that this is a teachable moment. And you're going there so that you can heal your heart and support yourself into making the choice and whatever choice you wanna make to stay, to go, to do something in between at this moment. But we are only making self-honoring choices because no matter what the circumstance is, 
Remember I said, every experience in our life is here to educate us so we can be the fullness of who we are. That's what we have to do. So don't give yourself any time. Don't judge anything that's going on in your life. Simply say yes to yourself. Create a life of the life. Yeah, that, that saying yes to this incredible journey is, it, it really is a, a dichotomy, but most of us come to saying yes to the most amazing part of life through a, a very tough experience that has us finally be willing to look at things differently. You know, and, and you said something obviously, and I want to reiterate, don't don't compare how long it takes to do this. That That is not helpful, but it is helpful to know that it, 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 it's a lifetime of, of developing a new, cultivating a new relationship. Um, so it, it is, it's a paradox. It takes really no time at all because it's in that instant that it is, it, it's the claiming of what is so, um, but then in time it appears that it can take time. But comparisons are pure ego and something we'd want to stay away with and we do not encourage that. So this is just about sharing information so that people can take what resonates and leave what doesn't. But how beautiful to to assist people in claiming their truth, their worth, and seeing adversity as opportunities because that is what they are. You know, I, one of the things... Well, go ahead. I say, I say I was uh, with this wonderful... Yeah, I love... I, Everyone, everyone, whomever I get to talk to, I love it. And I think it's incredible when I'm talking to people that are young in life. And so I realize that there's no place in our society right now where personal development is a platform of growing, learning, and accepting yourself. And how I mean that is this young girl was saying to me, she's 19 years old, and she's like, I don't have a boyfriend. All my girlfriends have boyfriends. And she's and she is uh, very smart, very kind, extremely beautiful. And she's like, and I think, and she's talking about doing some physical alterations to her body because that's what she thinks she's supposed to do, right? And so I say to her, well, that's a consideration, but what if your body is just perfect? Just what if? And what if the guy that just broke up with you, it's your gift so that you can meet someone better and you get to learn everything you want and you don't. And what if there is someone just around the bend that's gonna outshine and make you feel so good about yourself that you're not even going to know what to do or what if he doesn't come and you just start focusing on you and that you're magnificent what if so i got the sweetest letter from her a couple of months later saying she realizes that what she really is, is a magnificent girl. She's not gonna change her body. She's happy that the guy broke up with her. And, and she realizes, cause I always, I would share with her, everything that you're experiencing 
it's just your personal development. I said, just like now you're graduating at a very young age from college, you had to take all of those academic courses to get here. That was your, that was your academic development. Now allow every experience in your life to be your personal development. So you didn't get an A on every test. You got an A on most tests. That's why you're graduating early. So that's how we have to look at it. It is as a series of opportunities. Um, you know, I'm a, I teach from the Course in Miracles because I am a student of the course and absolutely love, love, love the, the wonderful teachings that come from Jesus through A Course in Miracles because he channeled that information. Um, and everything is an opportunity to choose again, to choose from love instead of fear, to look at how is this revealing the truth of who I am or how is this concealing it? And we have to be really, really comfortable with the process of self-inquiry. But for so many people, self-inquiry is scary because self-inquiry self brings us always to that negative voice. And we don't want to hear more of our negativity. So we're trying to run away from the negativity. And it is such a, an incredible paradox that to come to find out the best of us, to have that be revealed, we've got to sit and listen to the things we don't want to hear about ourselves that conceal that beautiful light. Um, share some of the, the, the tips, the tools, the, the things that you have used throughout your life that have helped you. Like for me, A Course in Miracles is, is one of those, it's probably my top teaching that has helped transform my life by bar none. And of course, I've got tons of others. But I always like to share things that have helped me so that people realize that I went through a process, like you said, the the academic education, I use books and teachers, the personal um, development, I've used, you know, teachers and teachings, different things. What, what are some of the things that have helped you in your journey, Rashawn um, Renee? So the thing that I will say helps me 100% is my belief in God. And I absolutely enjoy being in a community where I can be nurtured by that. So if that means that I'm going to a church, because I was raised Catholic and sometimes I just want to feel that energy there. If that means that I'm going to a non-denominational center, like here in Los Angeles, we have Agape, mm -hmm. which I absolutely love. And it's taught me so much there. From mm -hmm. the classes that I've taken, so many classes there over the years. And it has enriched my life fully, those teachings. Uh, if I'm going to temple and I want to be in there, I find teachings in there. So whenever, it, uh, for me, to go to different places of worship have always been part of my, yeah. my understanding. And then with that, I am always, always listening, reading, to those that have been on a journey to awaken to the truth of who they are. So that's what I do. And I am absolutely paper to pen one, which means I am going to write out my gratitude. I'm going to write love letters to myself and to others. Like it delights me 
to write a love letter to another human being who doesn't expect it to come, just to share my appreciation for them. And it opens up more loving for me. It delights me to do, I, I can say random acts of kindness, but it allows me to connect to my humanity. So I enjoy feeding people that seem to be homeless or giving them money or going to someone that has a frown on their forehead, <laughs> meeting their eyes with mine and saying, I want you to really have a good day. And they're a complete stranger to me until I hide them. I find ways every day to connect with my humanity because I believe in the magnificent. I believe in the magnificent that I can see peace in my life. And that peace begins with me extending peace. And every time I do, it opens up more loving and it reveals more of So I get to see that which I teach, which is we are all the prophets. We are all magnificent. We are all the divine creations of that which we are. We all have a unique place in this planet. And that everything that we have ever experienced is here for our education, part of our curriculum, and it's for us. So we can ascend the creativity. That's what Oh, that's beautiful. You know, and, and that's what happens when we come to know the truth of who we are. It can do what it does through us and we become vessels of spreading love and joy. Um, I, I want to have you share a little bit about your amazing relationship with your your beloved, because, you know, we, we started off the part of your transformation was with a, a relationship that was so um, rough. And now I would love for our wonderful audience to know that you, you not only through your own personal transformation, um, changed everything on the inside. You've also changed your relationships on the outside. Tell me about your, your honey. <laughs> that every day I feel like I've won the lotto. <laughs> yes. But but also share, how do you cultivate, how do you keep that, that relationship in alignment with love? Oh, because that's what we are with each other. So I have to say that um, once I got clear on who I am, then of course God would bring me a man that's very clear on who he is. And we have co-created the most delicious relationship. And I could really say, and we say this to each other constantly, that God had us go through everything that we went through singularly so we could become one. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a creed in our relationship. Well, a couple of things that we do that I think are just incredible anchors for us. The first is that he prays over me every morning. Um, just he prays over me every morning. And if I'm traveling to do whatever, that he still prays over me at our prayer time. In the morning, in the world. That's beautiful. And 
it, it really is beautiful. And we talked about everything. And I didn't even know that there was this level of communication that could be with another individual. Right? So, and when I say everything, I mean that if I notice that there is upset in him and he's doing something that could be irritating me, instead of me being irritated by it, I will ask him, can you tell me what's going on? Can you, is there something I can do to help you with that right now? Is there, whatever it is, we don't take it personal. We try to find the root of the cause of whatever is acting that way. And then we discuss it. And if we can't do it at that moment, we have enough regard for our loving that we will put it on pause, go to our loving corners, and come back and talk about it later. It really is. I I so enjoy when I'm working with couples. And my husband always says, honey, you know you're going to change the world by teaching people how to love. How to so, say, in the last part, I did it. I lost you know, it. You know you're going to change the world by teaching people how to love. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's beautiful when we have the opportunity to talk to other couples about creating real intimacy with each other and being one another's safe space. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I've gone from a relationship in which everything was controlled and I had to quiet myself and be marginalized and I would be cursed out and the man would throw things at the wall to a relationship with a man that prays over me every morning, that's in constant gratitude for our being together, that every morning is speaking life into me, telling me, talk more, do more, experience more, put yourself more in the world. You're amazing. You're that. Let your light shine so bright in every way. That's who. And that is because before I could not have even contained such a man the day that would give me this type of praise or adoration or loving because I didn't have it for myself. And once I got it for myself, then I was met with him. Yeah. That's just so beautiful because we are, we're vibrational beings, we're energy, we're the energy of love. And when we are resonating at that level of knowing that that's what we are, of course, you can attract that, not just from a personal partner, but from your friendships, from your family, from, it it just, it pulls people together that are at that level of of trust and joy and and peace and, and upliftment. Yeah. And then, of course, when you cover that up, we resonate at that level, too. God knows yeah. I've attracted where I was before. Um, and it, it is a beautiful thing. But I love your marriage. I love your relationship. You guys love and support each other. And it's just so, so beautiful. Um, you know, and it's just as easy to to uplift each other as it is to cut each other down. And it is just it just takes the same number of minutes um, to say I love you and this is what's so wonderful about you as it is to say I hate you and I can't stand you it's the same same amount of time but you guys use that time to uplift and support and and uh, make sure that the other knows that they are beloved so thank you for sharing that and I want to say about relationships too one of the things that couples often ask us 
is, well, how do you not have judgment about each other? And it's because we both give each other the allowance to be who we are. So he's never trying to change me. I'm never trying to change him. And it just works out so beautifully that we have two people that have come together having to be who they are. And when we want to change something about ourselves, then we do that. So <laughs> it's, it's lovely. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And now, sweet, sweet friends, since we're getting close to the completion of our time together here for today, tell people what you're up to. How how can they find you? What what do you want them to do once they find you? Let me see. I've got your your website. Let me put that up. So it's the Real Truth um, International Real Truth Intl dot com. Yes. So when they get to your website, what do you want them to do? I want them to click the button to engage. And when they go to that button, it's going to ask them for their name and their email. I want them to put it in. And then they're going to get a video from me. And then I want them to go to, oh, you know what? Like this just came to me. I didn't plan this. But in the bottom, I think it's a little space where you can put comment. If they put align with Lina, then I will send them the first chapter of the book on audio. I could do that. Oh, cool. I would like to do that, yes. That's one of the perks of being a listener of Align With Mine. I love that. <laughs> yes. And then I'd really like for them to get the book. Go to Amazon and buy. Of course, she's always near me. I refer to her as a baby. 45 hours and 21 minutes of woman's truth and power. Bring and it up closer so they can see yeah there we go look at that wonderful book thank you and they can also get it on audible and when you listen or read this book it really will change inform reveal up level motivate you to be more of who you are and so that's what i want them to do i want them to listen and read the book so that they can stand more in their truth and in their power. And then I want them to keep visiting your uh, Facebook because very soon we're gonna launch our online curriculum. And then I'm oh, gonna invite okay. you and your community to be a part of it. Because so many people that have read the book have been asking for a workshop. And then other people have been asking me to come to their place and do live workshops. And so I've decided to do an online workshop since we're now reaching people across the world. Oh, I love that. So many amazing things that obviously new would come out of you sharing your story and getting it out there because it's all about helping, helping people in general, but obviously it's specifically written from a woman's perspective in relationship and all the the trials and, and uh, challenges that you went through so that you could get yourself. Hey, Dondra, thanks for telling us that that was a great interview. I'm so glad. I love, 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 love it when I know that um, the guests that we have in here inspire others. So thank you. Um, but what you're doing, helping people come back to the truth of who they are, it is so beautiful and so authentic. And it's one of the reasons that I just adore you. And <laughs> 
you know, I know we're not supposed to have favorites from our our, our experiences, but from our trip to Ecuador, <laughs> you're one of my favorites. There, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to just come clean. It's I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> um, you're magnificent, and it's yeah. beautiful that we developed this relationship. And I'm so grateful to have your heart in our lives, me and my husband. You are a magnificent splendid woman and the way you show up in your loving the way that you've revealed your life the way you continue to up level the way you want to serve it's one of the reasons i said yes to you when you asked me for this interview because anything and everything that i can do or steven can do we're here for you because of who you are you are a magnificent creation so to call you lina the magnificent it's absolutely accurate for who you are. <laughs> you are so sweet. Well, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I so appreciate you taking the time um, to to join me. I know it's early in California, and I'm on on East Coast time. But thank you for being here. I'm sure at some point we'll have to have you back. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you to everybody who has watched today. And Rashawn Renee is, is such a genuine person. I absolutely encourage you to go to her website. The website is up there, realtruthinternationalintl.com, and hit the engagement button. She's going to give you a gift. If you put in the comments that you found out about her through Align with Lina, it's a winner. Let's, let's all take advantage of this. And I want to invite the rest of you um, who are here with me to come back next week. I'm going to have a, a guest. Her name is Daisy, and this woman is going through a divorce, but she is going through a divorce with awareness. She is conscious about what it is that she wants to do to leave this relationship as 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 the sacred relationship that it is. So it's going to be a really wonderful information, uh, a really wonderful conversation with somebody who wants to walk her talk in the midst of a divorce. So I look forward to seeing you next week for that. And again, Rashawn Renee, thank you. And I love you, my, my sweet sister. Mwah. Take care. Thank you.